Usually before I start the episode, I like to shout out a couple of uh, podcasts that I've been listening to. But this week, I got to give a shout out to a guy I met at Walmart who was a Hulk Hogan impersonator. That's right. His name's not Hulk Hogan. His name was Jerry. I had about a 20-minute conversation with Jerry, and during the course of that, I realized that we have wrestling characters in everyday life that we see all the time. You don't have to wrestle to be a wrestling character. This sport that we love so much has infiltrated its way into so many places and so many lanes and different media and entertainment that all kind of came from the idea of over-the-top promotion, which kind of started in wrestling. Now, his, he's a Hulk Hogan impersonator, but his name's Jerry. And Jerry, um, I, I, I thought it was so interesting because he was in full character at Walmart. Like, he wasn't just hanging around signing autographs or taking pictures. He was shopping. Like, he was getting my favorite kind of chips, uh, garden-style sun chips. And I said to him, I said, garden-style, my man. He goes, nothing better than garden-style, Jack. And I, I got to say, dude, like, that kind of commitment really got me going this week. It gave me the charisma to think about how I'm going to do an episode this week on characters in life that remind you of other wrestlers. And that's what who that heel, heel who that heel be is, is it, I'm going to give you a clip of something that's not wrestling related, but I think it's something that comes from the lane of wrestling entertainment where the over the top characters seem to be able to go into a presser and say what they want or develop their character in a presser to get people to look or talk about them more. And I'm going to play you a clip and then I'm going to explain to you why I think that that equates to wrestling or which wrestler that equates to, because each of these clips that I'm going to play you kind of remind me of another person in wrestling entertainment. I hope you enjoy. And here we go. shouldn't do that with one of the better players in the game. What, I guess, what, what were you thinking? I don't care. He's old. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, I was waiting for that. I was expecting him to do that game four, game five. He wanted to say something when I got my fourth foul. Um, he should have been saying that earlier on. Um, but, you know, I poke bears. Um, I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. Um, so... Um, I pride myself on, you know, what I do is defense and taking on any challenge that's on the board. Okay, so that clip was of Dylan Brooks talking after the second game of the first round of the playoffs between the Lakers and the Memphis Grizzlies. If you know anything about basketball, you know that Dylan Brooks is becoming a household name because he never shuts up. He is what we in the wrestling business call an arrogant heel. Now, there are different types of arrogant heels. We have someone like The Miz, who has pretty well earned the right to be an arrogant heel. Um, he's, his resume says that he can pretty much say whatever he wants because he is a Triple Crown champion and has won a whole heck of a lot for being an arrogant heel. Then there are people who are arrogant heels who don't necessarily have the resume to back up being an arrogant heel. And I think in this clip, when you think about Dylan Brooks dismissing LeBron James and saying, he's old, I don't care about him. Who cares about an old guy? I'm young, I'm the future, you're the past. I think when you get in a scenario like Dylan Brooks is right now, 
that's not an arrogant heel as much as it is an entitled arrogant heel. Someone who thinks that they deserve a shot right now at being in that conversation of great players when they're not really there yet. And when it comes to wrestling, those exist as well. And the person I'm thinking of is definitely one of those. Now, before we get into this person, I'd like to say that I enjoy this wrestler a lot. So if this comes off as me shitting on him, it's not like that because I really believe that he will be something someday, but he is not there yet. I think when you look at Dylan Brooks, you could say that about him too. His defense is really, really great. He's a core piece of that Memphis team and a core piece of their success. Not the best scorer in the world, but defensively, he's elite. And with a mouth, he can make people mad. That's a quality, whether you like it or not. And I think the wrestler, you go ahead and shout it out from the from your car or wherever. Roddy Roddy Piper. No, it's not him. You know, you could you could say that the comparison is Austin Theory. Austin Theory is just like Dylan Brooks in this aspect, where we build up to WrestleMania and everybody seems to think John Cena should take this title and run away with an open challenge every Monday night. It doesn't really equate to building young stars though and when the lakers get into this playoff spot they had to slide their way in at the last minute whereas memphis has been really really good all season so sometimes you look at these arrogant heels entitled heels that haven't really done a whole lot yet but they are blazing a trail the months before we get into these conversations where you know, he goes into a presser after beating John Cena and he's like, why are we still talking about him? Why are you not talking about me? I just won. And this is the same kind of energy that Dylan Brooks is putting out when he says, we just won. Why are you talking about him right now? I'm victorious. But people are still hanging on the coattails of greatness. And until you win the big one or win the world title, if you're Austin Theory, people are still going to hang on to the coattails of greatness. You're never going to be able to be put over somebody like John Cena, especially this young in your career, or LeBron James if you're Dylan Brooks and you're not a dominant scorer. It's such an interesting dynamic, though, because the world is full of these types of heels. These heels that make a lot of people uneasy or upset because they say exactly what they're thinking. And the interesting thing about heels is you can usually twist the lens just a little bit and sometimes these heels become a little bit more understandable. If I'm in Dylan Brooks' position or Austin Theory's position, I feel the same way they are. We're good. We've won a hell of a lot this season. And you're going to tell me that now they sneak in and we don't have a shot? I'm the U.S. champion. You're going to tell me that John Cena comes in here and I don't have a shot? That's what you're going to tell me? You're going to tell me he's burying me? I have a belt. That's the conversation that I think is interesting about this, though, because there are so many heels that are slid off of wrestling. That's such a wrestling character that Dylan Brooks is right now. All right, I'm going to give you the second sound here. I want to see what you guys think about this. Every single one of you. Look, what's next for me, Joe? I'm going to get that second belt. Where the f*** is it? They should have had them two belts ready, spit showing for me. They're up both in the octagon. It's never been thrown before. I'm sure you'll get your second belt. But listen, I've spent a lot of time, Joe, slating everybody in the company. 
Backstage, I'm starting fights off everybody. I've ridiculed everyone on the roster. And I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. The double champ does what the he wants. All right, one of my favorite sounds in the history of any kind of entertainment comes from the UFC and Conor McGregor. If you don't watch the sport, then you probably hadn't heard that before. If you didn't hear that before, you are welcome because that comes after Conor McGregor becomes the champs champ, the two time champ, the two belt champ over Eddie Alvarez. He has a lot to say. And here's the thing about Conor McGregor, which I fully expect him to be in a wrestling ring by the end of the year, a WWE wrestling ring. Let me make that clear. He is very controversial. Lots of people really, really like him. Lots of people really, really dislike him. Who do we have in wrestling like that right now? Go ahead. Shout it out. Yell it from the rafters. It's Sting. No, it's not Sting. Who do we have in wrestling like that? Who's coming back at the end of June that the whole world is split on? You could take a poll of 20 people and it'll be split right down the middle, 10 and 10. The answer is CM Punk. Conor McGregor has always been outspoken. He's always said whatever he wants to say, whenever he wants to say it. But because he's talented and he's a draw, he can back it up. Here's the thing. He's at a point in his career now where he's not as dynamic. He's lost a step or two. You could do the same thing with CM Punk. There's a thing right now where CM Punk is at the decline of his career. He will never be as good as he was in 2010. That's never going to happen again. He will never be at the level that he was when he took that championship and split out the side door. It's never going to happen again. The same for Conor McGregor. No matter how much he fights or however long he fights in UFC, he's never going to be what he was five years ago. And that's just human nature. Nobody is strong enough to continue to be in this game, the fight game, the same guy they were five years before with all the punishment that they take. Honestly, wrestling's the same way. It's so easy to make excuses of, uh, he's getting old. He's getting old. But that's that's a that's not an excuse. He's broken ankles. He's broken arms. He's broken legs. None of that is an easy thing to come back from. None of that's a run run of the mill walk in the park situation. But also, when it comes to backstage stuff or stuff that shouldn't happen, both of these guys are notorious for shooting themselves in the foot. Whether it's the dolly throw for Conor McGregor at Khabib's bus. Can't throw giant metal objects at people's buses. It's illegal. What do you want to do? Or you have the the scrum, which I'm not going to go in because I've done 30 episodes on it. Brilliant in its own right. You kind of could consider him shooting himself in the foot. Well, I know he's coming back on TV and rumored to get this third show. It still doesn't make most of your fans want to enjoy your work and i still love cm punk so i might be on the back side of that 10 of 20 but i think that there's a place where it kind of does get annoying and when we get to a spot where he's uh tweeting out things like he did about moxley and jericho the other day which are super pointed and then he deletes the instagram right away 
it doesn't really make sense to me a lot how this helps you become a more marketable character, heel or face. You've already done the job at the press conference. You've already made everybody in the world hate you. You can be a heel now. That's easy. You don't need more heat, though. It didn't die down. There's a bunch of people that really fucking dislike you. And it's the same thing with Conor McGregor. That's why I think they're both brilliant. It's because you give them a microphone and they're both dangerous. Sometimes danger is fun. And danger is most certainly entertaining. Which is why I think both of these guys are incredible draws. And both of these guys are comparable. All right. I got one more sound for you I want to play. And I want to see if you guys can guess who I'm going to equate this guy to. I am having a very bad day. I am in no mood. This, today, is one of the worst days that I've had in a long time. I'm not in the mood to play with anybody. The third clip. If you don't know who this is, Stephen A. Smith, ESPN, first take. Listen, listen, listen to this man. This man, as a wrestling fan, is the best person that is not a wrestler with a microphone in his hand. In the world. I will stand on that hill until I die. He will cut you a promo that'll walk you right out of the room. As seen. He has a control over everything that comes out of his mouth to a T. He knows exactly what he's doing to get every illicit response that he gets whenever he cuts a monologue, whether that monologue is about Lamar Odom being on crack or how bad the Knicks suck or the Cowboys or anything that he decides he wants to talk about. He knows exactly the buttons to push to make you not turn that channel. There is a person right now in wrestling that is this exact person as well. Who is the person you think of when you think about, and I'm going to go ahead and give you a little extra hint before you start screaming in your car about who this is. This guy's not a wrestler. This guy is a talker. This guy lives with a microphone and dies with a microphone. Stephen A. Smith lives with a microphone and dies with a microphone. He will never stray down or sit down or back down whenever he says something that's controversial. He will always stand up and take whatever comes with that controversial statement. The person that, to me, elicits that same response in wrestling is none other than Paul Heyman. Give Paul Heyman a microphone and let me help you understand that he knows exactly what he's doing to not only get the front row of fans, but to get the back row of fans. He knows exactly what he's going to say right there to get the exact reaction that he wants to get out of this situation. The same thing that Stephen A. does. There's a reason that first take is so highly rated. Because he knows exactly how to take five minutes and give you his point, whether it's ridiculous or stupid or crazy or funny or angering or maddening, any kind of emotion that he wants you to feel. He knows exactly what to do. Exactly what to do. That's exactly what Paul Heyman has done for the last 15 years. He knew exactly what he wanted to do to elicit that response when he went out there pre-merger with ECW and WWE and delivered a fire promo against WWE. He knew exactly what he was doing when he was stuck in an angle with Vince McMahon where he goes after him and says, your kids don't even like you. Nobody likes you. And you have the audacity to have an affair? Paul Heyman knows exactly what he's doing. 
Every time he steps out from that curtain, he knows what he's going to do. And this is the, the, the beauty of this, because when it comes to people that are on the level of Stephen A. Smith and Paul Heyman, I don't think there are a lot of other guys on that list. I don't think there are a lot of other guys that can cut a shoot promo and tear the house down on a whim. Here's a microphone. Go do it. And it's instant. Just like those mashed potatoes you pop and pop in the microwave. It's absolutely instant. And I think that's a quality that not many people have. Now, I don't really believe that he would be a great wrestler, but he would be a hell of a, a manager. Oh, Lord. You want to talk about heat? Stephen A knows what he's doing. I think this has been a fun experience. I think I should do more of these. Like there might be a part two coming in a couple weeks because honestly, this has been one of the things that I've been wanting to do for a long time and I'm glad I could put it together. 